Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important? I fuck with what y'all got going on and what y'all represent. You know what I'm saying? We want people to leave greater than they came. We want people to leave with an aha moment. Because black people don't like going to therapy. Right. Y'all made therapy cool. Yeah. And you got an elder on social media talking about relationships. Like, that's not something we see all the time in it. The concept of it, you know what I'm saying, basically address a lot of issues that, you know what I'm saying, our community got. Toxic traits, you know what I'm saying, past trauma. And it ain't shoved down your throat in a, in a you know, politically correct way. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of scrolling. If I can go to Shade Room, I can go to Full Circle TV. You know everything come full circle. I just so love watch it come full circle. And I can never let that bad vibes inside my circle, no. Hey fam, and welcome back to Season 3 of Relationship Goals, the podcast. In this season, we're discussing co-parenting relationships. As parents, we always want the best for our children, but the best doesn't necessarily need to look like that nuclear family that society has accepted. And I thought it was very important to showcase that. In season three, we're going to meet a married couple that got divorced, did a little bit of co-parenting for a while, decided that they were meant to be together, and got remarried. We'll also hear from a bonus mom as she gives her perspective on what it was like to enter into a relationship with a guy that already had a child. I truly believe that this season is going to touch home for so many people out there. This is such an aspirational group and they really highlight what Relationship Goals the series is all about. Now we're not trying to showcase perfect co-parenting relationships, but encourage people to do the work, have those hard conversations, and cultivate healthier relationships. Listen to season three of Relationship Goals, the podcast. In this week's episode of Relationship Goals, the podcast, we're going to talk about how these parents met and what led them to the place of co-parenting. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, pretty Ricky, boy. That's I'm telling you. Hey, young people out here, play some Pretty Ricky if you're trying to make a baby, man. Pretty Ricky is... That is not the message pretty, that you no, I know, need I'm, to I'm be just sending saying, no, to I young people. You, okay, don't make a baby, but if you old enough, you want a baby, play Pretty Ricky. <laughs> we got the magic happening. Got a feeling it's great and I'm loving it. Hey, we got the magic happening. Everything that we need, everything that we bake, girl, the magic's happening. And the feeling is great, and this feeling is great, girl. The magic happening, happening, it's happening. Yeah. We met in elementary school, our avenue. His sister and his cousin, Marlita and Mika, were my best friends. We were in class together, and I used to go spend the night at their house on the weekends and stuff, but I never noticed Myron. I never noticed Myron um, until, I mean, like I know, knew him, but I didn't know him like that then. I just, th that's when we met. Um, but then I ended up seeing him, where, what was the club name? Um, In high school. First um, of all, I, see, I used to see you before that, but you, you no, had you a little didn't. boy. I did, I seen you a couple of times, but I, and I never tried to highlight you. I knew, I knew you was cute. I knew you from our, but I ain't highlight you. But then I found out she had a boyfriend. So. Timing was everything. Then I seen you at the club, the the jungle. The jungle. I was walking. I, I remember this like yesterday. I had that whole little blue outfit on, 
and I was walking past with my homie Gio and them, and I seen Kwani in line, and I knew I wanted her, but I didn't know she wanted me. You, look, I didn't know I wanted you. Don't lie. <laughs> I knew I wanted you, but I didn't say nothing. But when we got in the club, this all true. You know this. I only I got me a little dance. She danced on me. Had a green blazer on. I remember that. I had an academic outfit on. She had a green blazer. I don't know what. So I got twerked on by a girl in a blazer. But <laughs> you had a blazer on. I remember that. You had a blazer on, and you were skinny as hell. And she twerked on me, and I got her number, and then we was talking on the phone. You told me that when I walked past the line, you told He your called friends. me that night. Yeah, but you told your friends. But look, she told her friends when we had conversations. What you tell your friends? You told them what? Keep that real. I want he him. He called me. <laughs> she told her friends she wanted me. So it was it was destined to be. That's why she was spending like Anyways, so that was, what was that, my senior year? That yeah, that was my was senior your, year yeah, of high was, school. That was, yeah, um, was And then we were dating, and then he cheated on me with this girl that I was cool with. <laughs> At my school. <laughs> I still don't even know how they found that out. That happened fast. I cheated today. Her best friend told her best friend told me. That's why it's good to be a good person. Cause then people be like, you don't deserve that. Her best friend wrote me a letter and was like, rip this up as soon as you get done reading it. Her best friend told me. She went over to Myron's friend Tone House. Dang. And they was over there. Yeah, forget nothing. And he slept with her. And I was cool with this girl, like super cool with her. So I broke up with him. I started dating this other dude. And then I went off to school to Alabama A and M. And he was he was he was persistent. Like he was super persistent. Um and I ended up breaking up with the dude I was with. So then I was like, let me get Myron a chance. Let me like he Myron like will wear you down. So it don't matter. <laughs> so I'm like, let I me give him a chance. Um and we started dating and that went pretty well for the rest of the year. So I was like, I'm gonna come back to school. I mean I'm gonna come back to Wisconsin. So I came back to UWM and while we was while I was there, you know how you just talk like we gonna have a kid. We gonna do this. We gonna do that. So I told him I would have his baby, right? Not yeah, thinking right. that this man was serious. He was so serious. So yeah, then yeah. that summer, we end up uh, creating well, my son. We met at church because we are both church kids, uh, born and raised in the church. His parents um, owned a church, and I was just trying to figure out like my relationship with God again because. Um, I kind of walked away from it because I wanted to figure out my own beliefs and I just found my way back to God and what I knew because it just made sense to me. And so I joined their church and it was so funny because I would come to church. I worked at this bank and so I would come straight to church after getting off of work um, and I, I would wear my uniform, my work uniform. And he will always like he plays the keyboard. So I would always come in while they were singing. And it's like every time I walked in, he saw me. And so, and I was so irritated because I'm like, you can't look when I got on my Sunday outfit. Like, why you got to catch me in my bank uniform? So, like, he was just like, we would make eye contact. And it was weird because I wasn't going to say nothing because, boy, I don't know. You play that piano and leave me alone. Uh, so I would sit down and then he would just be so obnoxious, like sitting behind me in the pews behind me, like making extra noises, like. <laughs> Trying to get church, my attention. Church stuff, though. It's church stuff, you know. Like saying amen. Talking about preach, preacher. You're not even listening. <laughs> so he just would be so extra, and I would try not to look back, but like, would you shut up? So I was irritated with him at first, but um, that's how we met each other. He decided that he would message me on Facebook, so. Of course, I responded. I, I gave it a few days, though, because I was like, I don't want him to think I'm interested because he really irritating. But <laughs> but I ended up responding. So 
Yeah, what did you say? It was like a kid. One of the kids fell at church, and he laughed at the kid. And then he inboxed me like, why would you laugh at that baby that fell at church? I said, that was you. <laughs> so he, he slid in, like, joking around and stuff. But at church is how we met. Yeah, well, how old were we, though? Um, You were 20. I was 21. <laughs> yeah, we were yeah, 20. No, it wasn't no kid that fell. It was your daughter that fell. No, it was, it was not, not my kid. Her, I told her, why did she let her daughter fall? And she that's how I slid in the inbox. And she tried to front me by going to my sisters and saying, girl, your brother tried to inbox me. You know, you know how women do. They want to they try to get their friends to get in on it all. Yeah, he tried to talk to me. and But eventually, you know, slid right on in there. <laughs> then um, I think after about, I'll say about six, six, seven months, I proposed. And, you know, and we got married pretty quick, you know. I think it was, we started talking in uh, November of, uh, what was that, 26? 2014. 2014. 2014. And, and by, by July, I was, I think I proposed. Yeah, so we started the, talking 2014, so November at the very, very end after Thanksgiving, yeah. by October of 2015, we were married. Yeah. And yeah, so we it went were, fast. Yeah, it was it was extra fast, and I think probably what it was. And then we were married two years, mm -hmm. and then that's kind of <laughs> like that's when I that's when the split up happened. So me and Chris met back in two thousand and eight, I believe. Um, he was in college at Lakeland out in Sheboygan and um, my best friend at the time I used to go up to visit her and go to like the college parties and stuff like that so she actually was the one who introduced me to him and after that we just became friends at that point um, and pretty much stayed friends or kept in contact over many years after that up until obviously now oh in college i was real cool with one of her friends and i was like that that guy I, she threw her friend threw me over grace grace is super mean so like um so it was just like okay cool so the first time she came down like it was uh who is this dude or whatever and then we traded contacts and we would text and stuff like that so we built a friendship first so whenever she came to Lakeland, so she wouldn't be sitting in the room alone because her friend would be out doing so she used to kick it with me. So that kind of built our, uh, that was the foundation of what we had. So when I moved back to Mississippi, uh, went to school, graduated and everything, we always kept in contact through Facebook. Um, it was what, when I got ready to move here, so I had, I was, Hadn't been here in like maybe nine years, 10 years or something like that. And um, I came up, I hit her up, I was like, hey, what you doing? She was like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. We had reconnected probably like maybe six months before that. Cause we had went like a spur without talking for like a nice little while, you know how that goes. But um, so I came up and visit. I got a chance to see some of my family I hadn't seen in a long time and I stayed with Grace and Initially, I was supposed to be living with family in the beginning, so when I got ready to move here for, for a job, I stayed with Grace, and it and it just kind of went from there. Like, we did what we did in college, and it just kind of rolled over into what we had going on here. And 
I don't think I was here no time before she got pregnant, so it was not even a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was a lot going on for me at the time because like uh, in the midst of that uh, I didn't know I had got a girl back home in Mississippi pregnant too so <laughs> I had like a guy had put a lot on my plate all at one time but um, so initially what, what kind of led to it we were just when we talked about hey do we want to do a relationship because me and Grace two headstrong people and we clash a lot and so it was more of, um, well, we're going to be great parents regardless. And so we just got to be adults about it. So we didn't really, me and Grace don't really have any differences or nothing like that. We just always been super cool. So I was like, well, I know I'm going to be the greatest father I can be. I know you're going to be a great mother. We just going to make sure we make this work for our child. So it was just, just being too adults about our situation. Like a lot of people have always asked me, well, why are you not in a relationship with her? It was like, it just really wouldn't work. Like we both know that. Like she asked, hey, you want to try to make this work for the kid? I'm like, come on fam, you really know like <laughs> we not gonna make it. But it's like a, a blessing in disguise because like it just kind of like happened to work out because we always put our daughter first. So that's where like, you know, when it come down to just what we have going on, co-parenting with Kelly, Madison is always the focus. So that's what, you know, make it so great for what we have going on. When I met Chris, um, he told me that he had a one-year-old daughter. Um, and I was really reluctant at first because I've never dated a guy with kids. Like, um, I had been single for like 10 years just dating. Dating, kicking and having a great time. Um, and finally, I had met someone that I got along with, who was educated, who I enjoyed spending time with. But it was like, do I really want to put my effort and energy into building a real relationship with a person if I know that I'm not comfortable with a certain situation or not? Because usually what comes with a child, of course, is a baby mama. And it's, I wasn't used to that. I'm like, all of these situations that come with it, like, what if she's crazy? What if she going to be doing all this ghetto stuff and trying to slash his tires? And, and I'm not for any of that. Um, what if she still want to be with him? All of the emotions that come with um, having a child's father is never the child for me i love children i'm a child care provider that's my profession uh, but i just never wanted to deal with the extra relationship because not only do you have to be with the child forever you have to deal with the other parent so co-parenting is a thing for all of us so that was what really made me nervous initially and I didn't know if I wanted to get into it, but when Chris and I further discussed everything, he told me the situation, and I actually started dating him. Um, the situation gave me peace of mind. So I think, so if you think about it, it went really fast. Like the timeline from dating, engagement to marriage, it went really fast. I think both of us would agree like, I think we were absolutely supposed to be married and be together. I think we were meant for each other. Like people say, I don't believe in soulmates. I really feel like this is my soulmate. Um, but I really believe in wrong time. Yeah. 
and letting outside influences affect you instead of making your own heart decisions um, because of what looks good and because we were raised in the church and in a black family, it's kind of like, you better, you better not get too close. You get too close, you get pregnant, you know? And so we were trying to just please our parents because, come on, his his parents were the pastors. Like, we can't, we can't be out here in lust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that was really the big thing. We just don't want y'all to sleep together before y'all get married. And we was like, I like you too much at this point. Let's do this because it's good. <laughs> so, and so we kind of rushed into it, but we loved each other still. We just needed more time. And with anything, if you rush it, it falls apart fast, um, especially if you don't have the knowledge of how to keep it together. We didn't really have that knowledge. It was just trying to make sure that we maintained a certain image um, when we got into the marriage. So it was rocky. We didn't know a lot. Um I was controlling because I thought that marriage was supposed to be what we saw on the TV, um, what it looked like in the magazines or on Instagram. And he he a guy. Like, if you rush a 20-year-old man into a marriage in less than a year, he like, bro, I still got some hotties. <laughs> Wait a second. And so to just hurry up and go cold turkey from living that lifestyle to you come in and you a dad right away. You know, you we didn't even we didn't have a kid together right away, so my daughter was two. And so you gotta come in, be the man of the house, be faithful, be communicative, be a dad. Like that's a lot on a twenty year old. And so I used to just try to control him and push him into that, um, when it was actually something you had to grow into. You can't be pushed into it. You gotta mature into it. And so both of us had a lot of maturing to do and by what, twenty eighteen? Um, our divorce was final, um, and then we just, we, we was out of each other's lives from there, aside from co-parenting. So when we decided to get the divorce and go through with everything, we had our son who was a year and a half, and then our daughter was five. So she was just going into K-5, um, starting school, so it was new to her. Um, I've never had a kid in school, so <laughs> that was new to me too. Um, and then little Eric was a year and a half. I literally, I so I nursed him, so I weaned him when the divorce kind of started because it was a lot of stress on me. I wasn't producing enough for him to, you know, have a snack or be full, so he was fussy. Um, so I had to switch over, you know, to formula feeding and solid food. So it was an adjustment for all of us. Um, everybody was uncomfortable and so at that I think at that point maybe a couple months before the actual divorce um, you had left so he moved out um, and I was um, still at our home and so the kids were kind of like you know where is dad what's going on so everybody was kind of adjusting but ultimately I think the reason that we decided to call it quits was because we were very ill-prepared we were ill-prepared and I think I would say, and you let me know, his sole reason, and I think I was immature in this fact or in this matter, was that I was trying to change him. I was trying to make him be something that he didn't want to be. And to be honest, I didn't even want it. <laughs> like, he was probably like, girl, you don't even want me to be that. I wanted this image. So um, I was trying to push him to be in that um, instead of self-discovering myself and finding out what I liked and what I loved. I just went off the image of what everybody else had. And he was like, nah, I don't want to be that. 
And because I was trying to change him, then that's when you get the naggy wife. I don't enjoy being around you. You're annoying. <laughs> so it's other chicks that's nicer. And so I'm like irritated on him because, oh, you want to talk to somebody else? And, it, it, you know, it's wrong. But in a sense, like I understand, like. He was just trying to get some peace and an outlet because you was irritating, sis. <laughs> so I get it. And the women in the world, they're going to false advertise. They're going to make you think what you're getting is better than what you got at home. So I'm going to sell it to you as much as you're buying it. Um, but as soon as you make that purchase, it ain't what you thought it was. <laughs> so I think it was that. I really I felt like insecure because I was trying to change myself to make him you know, kind of like me more, but it wasn't that he didn't like me. It was just he wanted me to love him um, unconditionally. If I come like this, if I'm like this, if I dress like this, if I talk like this, just love me like this. And I wasn't doing that. Um, so I got tired of him, like, looking, being more attracted to somebody else. And he got tired of me getting on his nerves and nagging him every day and making Hot Pockets for dinner instead of some good cooking. <laughs> so it was just it was just the imbalance of roles. Nobody was playing their role correctly, um, so we we was we ducked out of there. <laughs> Growing up, I had a co my parents had a co-parenting um, dynamic, and it was for the most part from on my end. I mean, being older now, I realize it wasn't all peaches, but it seemed pretty healthy to me. Like um, my mom had boyfriends and stuff like that. My dad had girlfriends and was engaged and married and stuff like that. And it was never any beef. Like my dad always just made sure, because my dad, I lived with my dad. So um, when I would go to my mom's house or whatever, he would just, you know, make sure he introduced himself to um, whoever she was with to let them know, like, look, she got a daddy and that's it, that's all. And, and I, I can't ever recall it ever being like a problem. Besides when I was younger, like my siblings, their dad and my dad, they, my dad and their dad bumped heads a lot. But as far as like um, my mom and my other siblings, mom, perfectly fine. Um, my siblings used to go over, my dad, on my dad's side, they would go to my mom's house. My dad would get my mom's kids. So like, I just, it was healthy from that aspect. My dad, he did have other co-parenting dynamics with my other siblings' parents, and those weren't always healthy. And because I seen those, like, and, and, and I got a different, um, perspective of it because I lived with my dad and like I seen how he had to like go to court and get court orders and stuff like that for some of my other siblings I'm like I'm never doing that and then my grandparents they were married for like 25 years so like they played a big part in um raising me but when they split my grandmother I, I was about to call this lady and I, and I got a good relationship with her so, but my grandmother would let me go over to the other lady's house and that that wasn't healthy I could sense that maybe because I was a little older too um, that wasn't that healthy, but she never like bad talked the lady in front of me. Um, I, I know I think it was a situation where maybe my grandfather might have cheated on my grandmother and then ended up with the lady. I'm not 100 percent sure, but my it, it never wavered anything. My grandmother, even though she probably didn't want to like every weekend because that's what I was used to being in a household with my grandfather and my grandmother. She didn't deny me of that or whatever. So seeing that. And then seeing my dad kind of go through his struggles with co-parenting, it made me just be like, I'm not doing that to my kid. Like, no matter what, I'm not doing that. Even we, we've had moments where we would get into it. And like I said, we might not talk for like a week or two, but as, that's as far as it's going. Like, because then it, it starts to affect 
um, you know our son. So I, I had, um, I was definitely a part of, um, I mean, raised in a co-parenting dynamic. My dad, my dad was with my mom when I was, I don't even remember that. I was like five. I don't even think I was that young. I mean, I think I was younger than that, but he's my mom, then they broke up. So I didn't really get to experience none of that. You know what I mean? So I couldn't really tell you like, with that part, I, all I remember my dad, I know he used to beat my mom up. I remember that much. That's all I can say. You say my dad, my, I'm talking about my biological mom. I used to remember he used to beat her up. I, used to, I never knew why or whatever. And then we ended up moving out. He met my stepmom. So I seen him and my stepmom feel, but they, that would be like in and out. You get what I'm saying? So like we'd be living with my stepmom and my dad. Then I'd be living with my grandma. So my, I basically lived with my grandma most of like 90% of my life. And my dad be on the road and he'd come there. Like, so I never really been in a situation to see co-parent it was just like my dad you get what i'm saying or then my stepmom treated me like as i was one of her kids you know what i mean and then my real mom like she wasn't really around you know what i'm saying and then she passed away so it was like i really don't know nothing about co-parent i just go off of, you know what i mean like so anything that i anything that i had to figure out like dealing with like being with Kwani and stuff i had to figure it out on my own so that's why a lot of the little things that she said that like oh you want to go out you want to do this i ain't know no better because i really didn't know no better i was like I came to see my son today. I mean, you know what I mean? I was always a good hand, like she said, but I did have moments like when I was younger. Obviously, I'm 23, 22, so I'm like, I'm going to the club. Now I'll be like, you know, I still vibe, but it's like certain things are more important. You know what I mean? To make sure that you're there. So, like, even this, like, me being here now, I came here. I didn't have to be here for a whole month, but I want to be with my son because even though you understand what I got going on and I'm grinding, you know, I still want to make sure that I'm hands on with him. But she make it easier for me, though, too, as well. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, co-parenting, this is all new to me. Like I figured it out on the fly with Kwani. Growing up down south is very different from here, uh, especially when it comes to co-parenting. So uh, basically my sister, sister's fathers raised me. Uh, my stepfather was the man of the house, but he did have outside kids. And so uh, I grew up watching him co-parent with uh, his, my stepbrother and stepsisters mom which was um it worked like i never seen them argue i'm talking about from like age three up to now uh i don't believe he was on child support and uh maybe a couple weeks ago my sister was here uh we was talking about that and we seen they they seen we seen my stepsister and stepbrother a whole lot compared and they stayed in like 30 40 minutes away from us um may not seem like a lot here because Milwaukee's so big, but where I'm from is small. So like that 30, 40, you stay 30, 40 miles away, you go to a totally different high school, you know, it ain't no city, you know, you're driving out dirt roads to the house and all this type of stuff. So, but <clears throat> um, he never, like I was treated as an equal, like Christmas, holidays, anything. He bought me stuff for holidays. Um, we would go see them. He'll go pick them up. And, you know, my mom was cool with their mom. And, you know, they, I don't want to say they was friends, but they was very cordial. They knew each other by name, never disrespected uh, each other. And uh, it was just, it just, that was a, we was just one big blended family. So, like, when uh, my stepbrother graduated from middle school, we all went down. My mom went down. Um, my oldest sister graduated from high school. Any big day for the kids, we always at my granny, uh, my mom's mom. We went to uh, our stepsister's uh, graduation. You know, she gave birth to a nep my nephew and all those type things. We everybody was there, 
So it was never like a moment where it wasn't like um, it was just him. It wasn't just my stepdad. Like anything big, we normally was there. And so, like for me, like not knowing, well, I knew my father's side of the family. It was just totally different. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so it was just a different dynamic on that on that side. So like. Um, my grandmother, if I went to go visit them, it would just be me, my mom, and my grandmother and them. Like, my sisters them hardly ever came. Or or they'd be in Arkansas with their family. And it just, the communication was just different. It felt like that, oh, that's my brother's family. And, like, they'd say that now. Like, oh, that's my brother's dad. That's my brother's sister. Like, with my step-siblings... Uh, that I grew up with, like they, they called me brother, and I called them sister. And if you see on our social media, they hit me up, and, and and it's all love, and it has been like that, always been like that. So when it came to me uh, having a girlfriend and and having a child with another woman, I wasn't afraid of it, and it wasn't like, well, I grew up like this, so I know it can work. But you know. Other people probably see different if they haven't been in a situation or grew up in a situation like that. So, you know, seeing my parents do it for, you know, 20 plus years, I knew that I, I know that I could do it too. When my parents split up, I was in the 10th grade, so I was about 15, um, maybe going on 16. Um, and my parents, I didn't see co-parenting at all. So we came from a two-parent household. I'm the youngest of three. My brother, by the time I was 15, he was 25, 26, married and in his own house with his wife. My sister is uh, three years older, so I'm a sophomore. She's a freshman in college, and she's out of state. So I was by myself. Um, my dad worked late hours and overtime, any chance he'd get. Like, my dad was a workaholic. That's all he knew. And so um, the house that we lived in, my dad was just like, no, your mom can't have it. I'm keeping it. So my dad kept the house. We lived in a single family home. He kept the house and my mom left. And for some time, I know my mom doesn't mind sharing because, you know, she says her testimony. My mom lived in her car, so I couldn't go visit my mom. Uh, my mom, she didn't want me to see her like that. And so it was just me. You know, at 15, I figured out how to fill out my own job application. I went and I worked at McDonald's and I bought my clothes and I paid for my extracurricular activities. I paid for driver's ed. I bought my own food because my dad literally was never home. If I didn't have a key to that house, I don't know what I was going to do. But I kind of became an adult super early. Um, I, I didn't see what it was like for parents to work together. All I saw was when we were together and all the kids were together. So I literally saw the whole family unit deteriorate. My brother went away, my sister went away, my mom went away, my dad went away, and it was just me. And so I felt like I was an adult. And so I put myself in adult situations and literally by my senior year, I was pregnant with my first child because, you know, I thought I knew it all. I was taking care of myself. Um, literally, I bought my own car by myself. I was. I don't know how I was managing to do high school and work a full-time job making McFlurries, but I did it and I was cute still because I, I booked my own hairstylist, y'all. I was a whole little adult, so 
I w it was always Sharice. It was always me, 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 and I was used to stuff going my way. And if I felt like doing it at this time, I would do it at this time, which was hard for him because I was so independent. <laughs> um, but I didn't see it. I didn't see co-parenting. So that world was completely new to me and it was uncomfortable, but I did what I had to do. Yes, our, our son was definitely planned. We talked about it at first. I thought it was just, you know, normal, like being in love, like talking about it. But then when oh, I no. came back home from school, like he was really on, on that. And I'm like, I okay. So like we talked about it. We like, okay, we're going to start trying. I don't know why at 18, I thought that was a great idea to plan for a child. But nonetheless, I'm happy we had our son. It didn't slow nothing down. Look what I'm becoming and look what you became. I'm just saying. See, it didn't do nothing. It was a perfect <laughs> thing. And I still only got one kid. But hey, I'm telling you right now, we, pretty Ricky, boy. That, that's what I'm telling you. Hey, young people, I had place with pretty Ricky if you're trying to make a baby, man. Pretty Ricky is. That is not the message pretty, that you no, I know. Need I'm, to I'm be just saying, no, to I young people. You, okay, don't make a baby. But if you old enough, you want a baby, play pretty Ricky. <laughs> Cause that T work and that thing, she it's just a oh G thing. Oh my god. Y'all, I was I was a little bitter. So I was mad. <laughs> so I will admit that I was bitter. And I made an impulsive decision. And it wasn't right. It wasn't right for the kids. It wasn't right for all of us. So I think a situation occurred. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I decided to pull Nyla away. We got the magic happening. Girl, the feeling is great and I'm loving it. Hey, we got the magic happening. Everything. Be your own relationship goals with Relationship Goals, the journal. This journal is an extension of our show and has 100 plus writing prompts to help you mend and grow the relationships with yourself, romantic partner, family, and friends. Order yours today on FullCircleTelevision.com. Relationship Goals, the podcast, is a Full Circle Television production recorded in Everyday Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our audio engineer is Dooch, and our executive producers are Marcus and Kayla Lewis-Allen. Don't forget, if you're only listening to the podcast, there's so much more to see on FullCircleTelevision.com. Log on to experience Relationship Goals, the series, in a whole new way. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Full Circle Television. Thank you.